0: The Dalai Lama apologizes for asking a young boy to suck his tongue as we take a look at a number of gurus like Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, Gandhi, and the founder of Bikram Yoga, and show how depraved people can be when fighting against sin apart from the Holy Spirit. The Good Fight Radio Show. Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be looking at a number of these gurus, some of which are called His Holiness and are not so holy. And with me to discuss this very important topic is none other than the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel.
1: Yeah, Chad, uh, shocking stuff that we're going to be talking about today today. because it's so endemic among the Eastern religions and so forth, and they're, they're most many of their most prominent leaders. Uh, there's something going on, and we want to get to the root of it.
0: No, it's very important that we do, and a lot of people might have seen this story, and a lot of people, Joe, but even before we get into it, may point, you know, the things and the uh, excesses of the Catholic Church and some of the disgusting things that they've done and been caught doing and moving priests from one place to another who have been caught messing around with little boys and, and so forth. And that's all true, and we yeah. would also argue that that is because it is the fighting against sin apart from the Holy Spirit.
1: Yeah, that's not the face of true Christianity, as, as most of you know.
0: No, it's certainly certainly not the face of true Christianity. And the truth is, is that the guys that are practicing those things that we wouldn't call them brethren uh, whatsoever. We, we yeah. yeah, we would never call them brethren. And uh, it's important to call it out, mark it out, uh, avoid yeah. it, and also like point a lot out of these why these priests are being
1: subjected to unscriptural, diabolical teaching, which the Bible warns in 1 Timothy 4, doctors of Demons, uh, would be teaching you that as, as a Christian leader, you have to be celibate. You can't be married. That's exactly what Roman Catholicism does.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy too. And I know we're going to be getting into the Dalai Lama here, but it, it is interesting when you think of even the Catholic Church, they that's a law that came way later too. And it simply Absolutely. had to do with they didn't want priests to have kids and then those... Kids be priests just because it was hereditary, and so then Mm -hmm. they come up and formulate laws. And anyways, but I don't want to get too deep in the woods. I just don't want anyone to come on this channel and say, "Hey, you guys didn't bring up those excesses," or maybe some people that's not us. Churches, we're not Roman Catholics, exactly. But nonetheless, Joe, um, yeah, a video has come out, and I'm going to read from the article from NPR describing what that video uh, has on it. But it says a video of the incident shared widely on social media shows a young boy approaching the Dalai Lama. During an event, asking him for a hug, the leader calls him on stage and motions to his cheek, saying, first here, according to a live translation from the event. The boy obliges and the Dalai Lama offers a hug, then continues holding on to the boy. The leader then motions to his lips, saying, I think here also. He cups the boy's chin and kisses him on the mouth as the audience laughs and applause. The Dalai Lama pauses, then adds, and suck my tongue. The boy slowly moves his head closer, and the Dalai Lama appears only to touch his forehead before... But he sticks out his tongue for the boy to
1: suck on his tongue, which is disgusting. It is disgusting. I tripped out because I saw that. I was like with my wife. I'm like, oh, you wanted to puke? And I'm like, dude, if that's what he's doing publicly, what in the world is going on privately?
0: No, and, and that's exactly what I thought. That was my first thought as well. And it's so common when you see... People caught in these weird stuff. I know there's been a ton of videos on Joe Biden as yeah. well with the weird stuff that, you know, grabbing girls, sniffing their hair and whatever. And, you know, you wonder, like you said, like what on earth is going on privately with these guys if these are the things that they can't help themselves even on video. Yeah. I mean, in
1: public. And the Dalai Lama, folks, he's like the Pope for many people that are in Buddhism and various Eastern uh, mystical religions.
0: Exactly. And when you look at this, and I, and I hope... For people are starting to realize this because so many people put their trust in men and curse that are you. Whoa, uh, actually is what it says. wonder those who put their trust in men and these gurus. And so often, Joe, what we've found, whether it's the Dalai Lama or otherwise, that when people have put all their hope in some guy and some guru, and this includes false teachers as well, but not that they're not false teachers, but yeah. when it comes to all of these Eastern religions and so forth, when you get down to the nitty gritty of it all, the truth is, is that they're corrupt individuals that do not have the light of the gospel are not saved and therefore are given over to the lusts of the flesh right. with no Holy Spirit to be convicting their heart of the wickedness that they are you know, actually practicing. And so this is something that is all too common. And in fact, Joe, we can actually look at a history of a number of gurus, people who have followed some of these gurus and so forth and actually have turned away from them when they saw, wait a second, I think I know what's going on here. In fact, one of the more famous, I guess you would say, expulsions away from one of these gurus is none other than John Lennon, Mm -hmm. funny enough, with the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. And in fact, Joe, the first diss track, you know, people love doing those in the rap games right right now, but the first diss track that we actually see might be the song Sexy Sadie Mm -hmm. uh, from their White Album. And in that album, he mentions a number of things uh, and, and sings about the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. And in fact, in a Rolling Stone article, John Lennon said this. Sexy Sadie wrote that that, that's about Maharishi. You know, I, was, I copped out and wouldn't write Maharishi. What have you done? You made a fool of everyone. You... But now it can be told, <laughs> fab listeners. Yeah, that's exactly what the song Sexy Sadie was about. And... Kind of the folklore of it is that he had made an advance toward Mia pharaoh. She says it was from a lookalike or something along those lines. But the truth was is they thought they were going to find some sort of enlightenment with this guru. And they did bring a lot of those Eastern teachings and messed up a lot of people's yeah. lives in the United States, bringing over all that, that guru ne- disgustingness that's really just repackaged paganism. But when you look at it and you see it, that they went and thought, this guru will have it for me. And ultimately, he found, oh, he's, he's sex-crazed, too. It's all the same.
1: Yeah, uh, the Beatles recognized that. I mean, obviously, they were ha, uh, very much into some perversion themselves, but they were hailing him as you know spiritual enlightenment and so forth. And obviously, that came sometimes later, but they had turned so many people on to the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Uh, the Beatles went on veritable tours with Maharishi Mahesh Yogi mm-hmm. turning, and having him speak when all these concertgoers would come. And in the 60s, man, Satan used so many different rock stars and so forth to... Spread, In fact, transcendental meditation that came from Maharishi Mej Yogi where you're saying Aum or whatever mantra is given to you uh, over and over again uh, was designed to open you up to the spirit world and that's taught in some public schools right now while prayer and God's Word and the Ten Commandments have all been booted out long ago, right? So it's interesting you have that going on, Chad, uh, and with the Dalai Lama. And people say, why is this happening? Why is it so prevalent among so many of the leading gurus? And you have to understand that there isn't occult. Construct Uh, Mm. in Hinduism, there is not a belief in one God who created everything. And whereas creation is separate from the Creator, whereby we need to follow Him and in disobedience to His Word, we're involved in sin, and we need to be reconciled through the blood of Christ. No, it's more uh, the teaching is based on pantheism or and monism, where everything is one. So basically, everything is an extension of God, and therefore. Uh, when you sin, you're basically not enlightened with God by God enough, but it's not really sin, you see, because it's just ignorance, and eventually you'll be absorbed into the impersonal Brahman or what have you, depending on the spin. And many Muslims, uh, all yoga uh, ultimately is to unleash the serpent force coiled at the bottom of your spine to uh, let the kundalini force go up through the seven chakras and open your third eye to where you have psychic ability. And it's right out of the, you know, God's Word talks about the serpent as well, but it's Satan. And when you realize there's an occult connection, and when you realize John Lennon and so many of these bands uh, in the 60s were full-on in the occult, many of them, right? So when the Eastern religions came, they were anti-Christ. In fact, John Lennon said Christianity will vanish. We're more popular than Jesus is now. I'll be proven right. Uh, it didn't last very long, did it? And, but what happened was interesting is they embraced the Eastern religions because there wasn't a strong moral construct you can basically do what thou wilt. So monism began to be accepted. In Eastern mysticism, you could do your occult practices. And they basically segued, because it was the same spirit that's behind all of it. In fact, before I was a Christian, I was going, as you know, Chad, through states of paralysis where I couldn't move and there'd be a humming sound uh, going through me and everything. Until I cried out to Christ and was delivered by the Lord Jesus Christ. Then I started looking at the Eastern religion, I was like, wow, man, these guys are codifying these occult experiences. In fact, a lot of the monks are going, oh, they're trying to mimic that sound that they hear that some of them get into that ecstatic uh, experience through the humming sound that that they're trying to get they're trying to call out on these entities, these demonic entities, and they don't know what they're doing. I mean, pray for them. They're blind and they need they need the gospel to be revealed to them. And my prayer has been that Lord, wake up the people that have seen this that are involved in Buddhism so they can see something is really messed up there. But it's interesting when you look at their teachings, they mirror a lot of the occult teachings when it comes to moral absolutes. For instance, Anton LaVey, Satanism, oh, it's about fulfilling your fleshly desires, you know. Uh, Zena LaVey, his daughter, said, you know, well, we want, as, as Satanists, we want to commit all seven of the deadly sins, you know. And Anton, La- or Satanist Lester Crowley, who would practice all kinds of different yoga, not just Tantric yoga, uh, but Hatha yoga, Bhakti yoga, and so forth. Crowley, his whole philosophy was do what thou will, right? Sin, the word sin, he said, is restriction, so you see this among the Hindu gurus too, many of them teaching that basically you're free to have sex with anybody and everybody because there's no sin. I'll give you some quotes. And, uh, you know, uh, by the way, I mean, think of those who under Manton killed like, we, they didn't get all the bodies, but, you know, some of them said there were about up to 35 killings under Manton. And my wife and I were able to interview Susan Atkins on a few occasions. And she claimed that, you know, there was really no wrong, she felt, you know, and Manson was Pied Piper in Eastern mysticism. In fact, Susan, she calls Sharon Tate, she said, you really have to have a lot of love in your heart to do what I did to Tate. And Sandra Good, another member of Manson's crew, said, quote, there's no wrong. You kill whoever gets in your way. So this idea of there's no wrong, that was rife in the 60s, not only through Do What Thou Wilt," but through the Eastern mystics. In fact, the Hindu god Indra uh, in, in the uh, Kashitaki Upanishad said, quote, the man who knows me, as I am, loses nothing, whatever he does. Even if he kills his mother or his father, even if he steals or procures an abortion, whatever evil he does, he does not blanch. These aren't true gods. The Bible says, as you know, Chad, and many of our Good Fight family know that in Deuteronomy, you know, in the prophets and our, in Deuteronomy and also in the Psalms and in 1 Corinthians 10, the New Testament, all three of those Areas of scripture say that the gods of the nations are demons, and these are demon gods. In 1 Timothy 4, verse 1, Paul says that the Holy Spirit speaks expressly that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. And some of these doctrines are abstinence from marriage, you know, and different Gnostics took the had various variations of this. Some would just not have any kind of sex at all but other Gnostics would have sex with anybody and everything and weren't into marriage because guess what? The flesh is evil because it was created by Yahweh and therefore we can, we can do all kinds of evil things and it's okay. It was just sadly a huge deception. But in the 1960s, Chad, when the like Maharishi Mahesh Yogi and other Hindu gurus came to America, they was able to use these rock stars to turn them away from Christianity to these false religious systems.
0: Yeah, and and Joe, I remember you know you mentioned all the the yoga as well, and I remember a long time ago, uh, I guess it, pretty long ago, um, when Kobe Bryant was still around, I remember he was being interviewed uh, at the All Star game, and they asked him,
1: "You'd like to see some young
0: players on your team?" Wow, that, <laughs> you know what? That's a beak room yoga stretch, <laughs> and I thought what on earth is Bikram yoga? Had to Google it and looked mm-hmm. it up. It's like this basically sauna yoga, you know, really hot yoga. And it comes from a man named Bikram Shaduri. And I want to read from a, actually a Daily Beast article on the subject. Not that they're, you know, the arbiters of truth, but in terms of this, they actually mention of a documentary that was just done on Mr. Bikram there. And this, was, this is what it says, Yogi Guru Predator, which is a documentary that is premiering on, that premiered on Netflix, is a damning expose of Bikram and his movement, which director Eva Orner's documentary reveals was nothing short of a cult led by a charismatic leader eager to exploit his environment's carefully crafted power dynamics to devious ends. Through a strategic combination of psychological manipulation and professional intimidation, Bikram made sure that he was viewed by all as a veritable God capable of providing the keys to health, happiness, and transcendence. Moreover, he let it be known that the only way to thrive in his field and his coveted presence was to acquiesce to his whims, be it suffering endurance, test exhaustion, and dehydration in his blazing hot classes— the verbal abuse he dished out in uninhibited bursts or the ugly advances he made to select women during late night massage sessions in his home and hotel suite. Orner's film doesn't get Bikram to sit for an interview. Oh, because he's currently a fugitive from the law because he's running from I guess, losing some cases for over $7 million. Mm. So he's a fugitive out of the country because of these sexual advances that he manipulated these women and making them. And ultimately, he became a cult leader, whether you know we're talking about the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi or we're talking about Bikram, uh, the guy who started Bikram Yoga. It just seems like these gurus ended up using their power and prestige in order to hopefully seduce women. And in many cases... Take advantage of them.
1: Yeah, amen, Chad. And we've talked about uh, before in previous shows, not in regard to these gurus and swamis and all these guys, but in Second Peter chapter 2, when it talks about false teachers who exploit people with stories they mm. have made up, uh, that they will deceive them, and it mentions their sensuality. Yeah. Uh, and, and Jude talks about these same false teachers and how they turn grace into a license for immorality and so forth, and they're sexually perverse. And so often when you see many of these false prosperity teachers they, they're not only greedy, but they have sexual perversion that is part of their stick. And it's interesting with these gurus, you see a lot of the same phenomena. In fact, it's interesting in a yoga journal, this was uh, an article called Perils of the Path. And this is yoga journal, page three. It says states that over 70% of 54 gurus that were examined, they were found to be sexually active. And in sex lives of the gurus in yoga journal, page 28, they state that almost ninety percent, almost ninety percent of the sexually active gurus had, quote, at least occasional sexual relationships with one or more students. It's almost ninety percent of them. Think about that. Uh, quote: Some are homosexual and some are bisexual in preference. And in those cases where the gurus were having sexual relations with their women students, fifty percent of the female students that with the guru was, quote, a source of great suffering. Now it's interesting. Because in Hinduism, since every pantheism, you know, everything's God. God is everything. We're God. We just don't realize it yet, and so forth. It, it's, it's totally unbiblical. Where in the Bible, God's distinct from His creation. And if you say everything's God, then you're saying God's evil, because the Bible says uh, that we are evil and that there's fallen angelic beings that are demonic, that are that Satan and the fallen angels. The Bible says God is light, First John one five, and in Him there's no darkness at all. And it's interesting here because just look at, listen to what some of these gurus have taught in the past. Baba Free John, okay? We're going back and looking at some of the history of these guys. In the book Garbage and the Goddess, pages 32 and 33, uh, he states sex relations, sexual relations are, and he claims that's the divine process either in or out of marriage, just sexual relations are a random, unloving occasion without any contracts. So this divine phenomenon of sexuality doesn't have, you don't have to have any kind of obligations or or contracts. It could be in, out of marriage. Interestingly, guess what happens with this guy? Uh, the San Francisco Chronicle ran an article about uh, the guru, the uh, uh, Free John, being sued. He was sued for $45 million by a former member alleging sexual abuse and uh, brainwashing and imprisonment. And another member alleged that devotees were ordered to make pornographic films. You know, uh, guru Permahansa Yoganda. In Man's Eternal Quest, page 332, states that God sees your good and evil thoughts and actions, but they do not matter to him. Well, guess what? According to Associated Press, way back in June of uh, 1986, June 2nd, Paramahansa was found guilty on eight counts of unlawful sex over a 17-month period with an eight-year-old girl. Okay, So this is actually following their doctrine. It's not somebody who has good, solid doctrine who falls in the flesh and becomes wicked and apostate? The, their doctrines often open up license because there's no strong, absolute moral construct. Because basically, we're all God, and if you do things that hurt people, well, it all you know pans out in the end, and we basically all recognize our divinity eventually by on the basis of some. Now, obviously, not all these gurus are teaching that. Uh, teaching the exact same thing, but they're all falling way short of what God's word teaches in regard to morality. So you're gonna have bad fruit across the board to one degree or another. Uh, Sita w- uh, Weiner uh, in the book Swami Ananda on page 156 writes, quote, if you are possessed by the higher sense of wisdom, nothing is bad, quote, quote. Another Swami by the name of Abhuktananda in Brahmin and Maya, page 160 states, quote, Good and evil have no absolute reality. Mm. So if good and evil don't have an absolute reality, then it's not really real. So you can you can participate in it. Keep in mind in Hinduism, uh, they're taught that everything is maya or illusion. Nothing's really real. Therefore, if you get involved in all kinds of perverse behaviors, pedophilia and so forth, many Hindus and many Hindu gurus we're seeing will pass uh, sexual perversion off as not really being real. There's no real good or bad. Now, another guru, or Swami, Nikhil and Ananda, in the Yogas and Other Works, page 512, states, quote, really, good and evil are one and the same. Now, Chad, I don't even know if you were born yet because I'm dating myself, man, this goes way back, but we had a popular guru here in the United States and he made front page news and he was all over the news for a while. And uh, it was, his name was Bob Babwan, uh, Babwan Sri Rajneesh and he was in the state neighboring us, Oregon, And he had this huge commune and he was having thousands of people, like I think 5,000 a day coming to see him uh, flying from all over the place. He was the hot deal because he practiced tantric yoga. And he basically was expelled from our country, had to leave because of all the wickedness that was associated with his movement. He had deceived a lot of people. In fact, uh, Bhagwan Rajneesh had stated, and I quote, in his book of secrets, page 399, even if you kill someone consciously while fully conscious, It is meditative. Kill, murder, fully conscious, knowing fully that no one is murdered and no one is killed. Just become the instrument of divine hands and know well that no one is killed. No one can be killed. This is crazy because it's what Isaiah 5 says of the false prophets. They call good evil. They call evil good. Uh, Rajneesh says that, quote, the greatest deception is the deception of devotion to God. See, when you are God, you really don't need to be devoted to God, the other God because we're all kind of God. And he calls that the greatest deception, not killing people, not murdering people, not sexual perversion. He says it's mean to say that that's wrong, but kill, but but being devoted to God, that he can actually say is wrong. Tell me this isn't absolutely satanic. According to Tal Brook, who exposed in the Spiritual Counterfeit Project uh, much of what was going on in the Eastern mysticism uh, uh, that Rajneesh had taught it was okay to beat and okay to rape, rape women, you know? So this guy was incredibly wicked. In fact, a couple more quotes from him. Uh, he taught, you know, and I thought this was interesting, that when you're having sex with others, Rajneesh taught that you're not, uh, you're not doing it to become one with them. It's not like a holy act before the creator. He says, you're doing so to open up portals, to open up doors, so you can recognize you're, that you're an, actually an androgynous being. I thought, this is basically teaching sex magic, that sex is the magic to open spiritual doors, which is what Alester Crowley taught, and that you recognize you're androgynous. And that was, by the way, Crowley, uh, Eliphaz, Levi, the, 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 the witched, That androgynous, goat-headed Baphomet was basically a manifestation of of Satan. And you see where this all comes together is basically one uh, decadent, wicked religious system. And Rajneesh taught that obedience to God is the greatest sin. And in the book, I Am the Messiah, here and now, he said, I don't believe in morality. I am bent on destroying it. I believe in consciousness, not conscience. And one last quote from him in his book, The Sound of Running Water, page 32, he states this, my ashram, and he's speaking of his spiritual community. He says, "Makes no difference between the devil and the divine." I use all sorts of energies, and if you and if the devilish energy can be used in a divine way, it becomes tremendously fruitful. These guys are possessed. So these these gurus who are talking about there's no good and evil. You can just do what thou wilt, and you can use Satan for good and so forth. These demonic spirits. Even Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, Chad, since we mentioned him earlier, stated that you don't need to call on these certain spirits. You know, with these different mantras, you can get a hold of all the power through practicing transcendental meditation. So they're opening themselves up, making no distinction between that which is holy and profane, which God warns about, and this is the false religious part of the false religious systems that God's word warns is satanic and a huge deception.
0: And you can see why they would want there not to be true evil and stuff when they're practicing it. That's right, Chad. You know, one of the things I remember, even as a new believer, people would would quote somebody. And this guy specifically, I remember having to look into him because I'm like, man, I've even heard Christians quote him at sermons. And I'm like, what is going on here? And in fact, Rob Bell, when I remember one of the biggest things when he was talking about hell and not believing that there is a, a real hell, the way the Bible describes it. You know, he's like, you're telling me Gandhi's in hell? Somebody told me Gandhi is in hell. Newsflash, Gandhi is in hell. And guys, unless he repented on his deathbed, if you know some of the stuff that Gandhi was into, I'm going to read from some of it, but it's honestly hard to even read. But this just goes back to this is what people offer you up as, well, this is what a good person. And Romans chapter 3 is really clear. Everybody's mouth should be shut up that, guess what? You are not a good person. Sin Amen. has shut the mouths of every man because we know that we have been lawbreakers and we have broken the law. Mm-hmm. But the stuff that he was into is sick. And a lot of people will quote, and some a lot of people don't even have a real reason if they even know if he actually said it. I like your Christ, it's your Christians I really have yeah. the problem with and all that stuff. But his biographer wrote a few things about him. And, and I want to highlight those things real quick because people are huge fans of Gandhi. And I we need to smash that idol because this is... This is disgusting stuff, but one of the things that his biographer said is that, that he would bring in his 17-year-old great-niece, Manu, to be naked during her, quote, nightly cuddles with him. And he told a woman on one occasion, quote, "'Despite my best efforts, the organ remained aroused. It was an altogether strange and shameful experience.'" And then he would command, and even he had vows of chastity with his followers. But according to his biographers, that wasn't something he actually entailed to himself. And so, good for you, but not the goose is good for the gander. And here's one of the things. Gandhi would have women in his bed engaging in, quote, experiments, which seemed to have been, from reading his letters, an exercise in striptease or other non-contact sexual activity. Much explicit material has been destroyed, but tantalizing remarks in Gandhi's letters remain such as, quote, Vena's sleeping with me might be called an accident. All that can be said is that she slept close to me. One might assume then that getting into the spirit of Gandhian experiment might have meant something more than just sleeping close to him. Meanwhile, it seemed that challenging times required greater efforts of spiritual fortitude, and for that, more attractive women were actually required. And Gandhi found a way of regarding the objections as further reason to continue. Quote, if I don't let Manu sleep with me, though I regard it as essential that she should, wouldn't that be a sign of weakness in me? This guy would have his wow. 17-year-old. He's in his late 70s. In the way he
1: perversely justifies it. Yes. I'd be weak if I didn't fall into lust and with my niece,
0: I can't even read all of it, but Joe, yes. we mention all of this because these are what the world will prop up to you, yeah. And they will call the Dalai Lama His Holiness as he's getting young men to suck his tongue. Then you'll see all this stuff going on. You have the Mohammedans, the people following Muhammad, as he marries a six year old, yeah, and then consummates that marriage at the age of nine. Of course, some say eight, depending yeah. if you're Sahih Islam Isha. or Sah- or Sahih Abuqari. And you see these gurus, you see these religious leaders over and over again, hoisted up as holy, and yet the Bible describes them as exactly the opposite. And yeah. they were in need of a Savior, those who have passed right. passed away. And, and so is anyone else who has fallen into any sin. They're in need of salvation. Yeah, and Jesus if you're a Christ professing Christian
1: and you're involved in sexual sin, uh, that would be hypocrisy that there's no way to justify it scripturally. So we love you. We'd encourage you to repent and be cleansed in the name of Jesus by the precious blood of Christ and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, if we put to death, the deeds of the body by the power of the Holy Spirit, actually it says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh in Galatians chapter five. And then in Romans eight, it says, brethren, we're not dead to the flesh, live after flesh. For if you live after flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. That means you cry out to God you say, God, deliver me from sexual sin. Empower me to live a holy life. You continue to cry out to him, and he'll empower you as you seek to live for his glory and you get victory over sexual sin. We love you guys.
0: Amen. God bless you guys.
1: You've been listening to The Good Fight Radio Show with pastor and author Joe Schimmel and host Chad Davidson discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how they relate to family, culture, and the church. To learn more about Good Fight Ministries, visit us online at goodfight.org. Join our growing social media family and consider partnering with us at patreon.com goodfight.